right. Welcome back to Journalistic Integrity. My name is Robert Murphy. Got a great episode. A couple different sports news stuff coming up. Some Olympics, some Rodgers, and NBA Draft tomorrow night, Thursday night. So I want to go over a couple different storylines, a couple things I think certain teams should do. Talk about a couple prospects, including Trey Murphy out of UVA, who seems like he's been moving up a lot of people's draft boards the past couple weeks. So I want to talk about him for a couple minutes. Before we get into all that stuff, don't forget Outer Banks starts July 30th, and me and a guest will be breaking down the show. And the way we're going to do it, we're going to divide it. We're probably going to do three separate episodes break it down into thirds and do that for the duration of next week ish. Cause I know most people are going to binge it and watch it in a few days. So we want to make sure we're up to date and not making you guys wait to listen to the episodes. Cause I know it's a big show and I know a lot of people watch it because it's just a, a fantastic show. So it's excited to see that excited to see if John B can he kind of rekindle that that power that he had in season one, the ability to, to carry a team, put a team on his back. Can he show up in season two and replicate that? He's going to have a sophomore slump. Um, so a lot of different storylines going on there that, that I can't wait to sink my teeth into. But before we get into that, the biggest news the past couple of days has been Simone Biles, the best U.S. gymnast ever, I think, and maybe the best gymnast of all time. She was supposed to participate in one of the events a couple days ago and she dropped out due to mental health issues and just like most things topics in sports one side goes way over the top with praise and then there's another side that is cutting down the person and criticizing them and you really want to be on the side that is criticizing this all-time athlete who if we want to talk about performance has been on the big stage when she's been the favorite and expected to take home gold and she's actually come through and done it. So do you really want to be on the side that's saying, Oh, you know, play through your mental health, put it on the, put it on the back burner for this, that it just doesn't seem right. She's obviously an extremely tough person or she wouldn't be in the spot that she's in winning multiple gold medals, going through all the stuff that she went through. And I'm not some crazy Simone Biles stand that you'll see on Twitter. I'm not out in my backyard carving a statue of her. I just think it's okay if an athlete says, you know what, I feel absolutely terrible. I don't want to perform. This is a massive amount of pressure on me. Guess what, I'm gonna take a step away to make sure I'm okay because my health is more important than putting on a show for the audience. And so I think that's a good thing and a good example for future athletes in that position. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so mere hours after I released the Monday podcast saying Aaron Rodgers, there's no way he was going to play for the Packers. The bridges have been burned. There's just no way they come back and Rodgers suits back up in the Packers uniform after everything that had happened the past five months. Turns out I was wrong, completely wrong. I'm going to take that one on the chin. Um, you know, it doesn't feel good to have a take that is just proven incorrect so quickly, but it happens in the business. Just chalk it up to the game. Uh, I missed one. That's my one bad take. And, you know, been a little down in the dumps about it, but, but I'm trying to regroup, but here's the thing. So Rogers 
they changed his contract around a little bit. So I think he had this year, next year, and another year. So he had three years left. They chopped off the 2023 one and or the ability to void it. And so by all accounts, it seems like he's going to play this one year and then there's the ability to trade him after this year, which it seems like both sides want. The problem for Rodgers, he can't dictate where he goes, so the Packers can trade him wherever. But I think then Rodgers can say, well, I'm just going to retire. And then the Packers still have to pay him for that year if he retired. There's something weird about that going on. The details aren't quite clear. But this Packers season coming up is going to be interesting. It looks like they're getting Randall Cobb, the former Packers receiver, who's only 30 years old. I was looking up, like, why do I think he's so much older than 30? I would have said 33. He made a Pro Bowl in, like, 2011. So he's been good and on our screens for a decade now. Um, and only 30 years old. But this season, I mean, you, if you're a Packers fan, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, what, what's the motivation for Aaron Rodgers going to be? Because that's the most important thing to the success of this team. Is Rodgers going to be locked in like last year where he's looking to prove people wrong after the Packers got that got Jordan Love in the first round? Or is he going to be more in his recliner, legs kicked up. Hey, I don't even really want to win that much because I don't like this GM and I don't want to give them any taste of success. Is he going to be bitter? Or is he just is he going to be able to separate the business side of it and the football side and be like, all right, I'm back in here with my coaches and players who I like. His problems with the front office. I'm back with these guys. Let's go and try and win. It's hard to believe that a team that went through all this stuff in the offseason with their quarterback is going to be able to play at a high level the next season. It doesn't – I think team chemistry is a real thing, especially in football, and there's got to be people in that locker room who – they don't feel great about what Rodgers has been doing, and it just wouldn't seem right six months from now we look back, and I just don't see a scenario where the Packers make a Super Bowl or make an NFC championship – game but I guess we'll have to wait and see here's the thing the Jordan love the first round pick so it just by all accounts it seems like he stinks he's just not good that pick is so bad the more you look back on it I don't think this happens if they don't pick Jordan love that really pissed him off I think that was part of the reason he played so well last year is because he was so angry he wanted to stick it to the Packers and then get out of there but if they don't pick Jordan love even if they get somebody on the defensive side, I just I don't think Rodgers flips like this because I think he likes LaFleur, who is in a really tough spot because, by all accounts, he seems like a good coach and he's just got an unhappy quarterback, not because of anything that he's done, but that first-round pick of Jordan Love was, I think, the main reason why Rodgers did everything he did this offseason and – he doesn't forget about things. He latches on to things. He's stubborn. And I think it all comes down to that. If they don't make that pick, I think Rodgers is fine. And I think he signs an extension and, and you've got Rodgers in a Packers uniform for the next six years. But instead, this is going to be the last year for Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform. And I just don't see how a team that went through all this stuff in the offseason can, can really put it together on the field, but we've seen crazier things. It's definitely going to be an interesting storyline to watch to see how, how is Ann Rogers, what was he doing in the offseason? Is he able to perform like he did 
in his MVP season last year. All right, to finish up, I wanted to talk some NBA draft. I'm not going to go through every single prospect. I'm not going to act like I'm some elite NBA scout. Uh, done a little bit of research, a little bit of film, some film study, some reading on, on what smart people have to say. But I also got some opinions on what I think some teams should do. And that starts with the Golden State Warriors. So they've got the number seven pick and the number 14 pick. And so last season, they're in the playing game. We remember that. And they did all of that without Klay Thompson. So they've got Klay Thompson coming back. But do we think that catapults them from a 7-8 seed to a real contender? Maybe. Maybe gets them to like the 3-4-5 range. But do we really think a Golden State team can go through the tough Western Conference, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Utah Jazz, the Suns, especially if they retain Chris Paul? It seems like they need another piece, a third guy that's a really good player, another shooter, something along those lines. And so you're looking at, at your roster. You got Steph Curry, who I think is he 32-ish. But he's got about four more years, in my opinion, in his prime at this really good level. Do you want to waste another year or two with a couple rookies that you're trying to play? We saw it with Wiseman. It didn't work out. And if you're Steph Curry... You're like, all right, I want to get a couple more rings. Can we not waste another year trying to assimilate some rookies into this team? Can we get a proven player? Can we package 7, 14, and Wiggins or another guy to get a really solid player that we know is good? Because at 7, 14, the odds are at best you're going to get one good rotation player. So I think Golden State does that. I think they listen to Steph, and I think they make a trade and – get a solid player. I don't know who they'll get, but I just don't see them with the current team they have, the win now team using seven and 14. That wouldn't make sense to, to use those assets and get a couple rookies who you have no idea if they're going to be able to help the team. And especially if they'll be able to help the team in the next couple years. So next Kate Cunningham, I talked about him a little bit on Monday. He's, he's by far in my opinion, the number one pick. He's going to go number one to the Pistons. Great shooter, good feel, good passing, smart player. The reason people don't absolutely love him, the reason why he's not you know, that elite number one pick, he's certainly not an Anthony Davis or Zion, but he is a clear number one pick in my eyes. The reason why he's not top of the top is because he misses that athleticism piece where he's not jumping out of the gym and he's not – doesn't have these acrobatic finishes at the rim. And so when you look at a number one pick like that, you're wondering where is his ceiling? Can he be, you know, really, can he be an all NBA player if he doesn't have this elite athleticism? So that's where the questions come in. But for me, you're looking at it. You're going to get a guy that can score 20 plus good passer, kind of assimilate and run any type of offense. He doesn't need to pound the ball and create his own shot. He can catch, off a screen, catch and shoot off a screen, do a bunch of different things. So I think he's a really good player and a guy that can fit into a bunch of different rosters. And he's just more safe, and he's also just a really good player. I just don't think he has that high, high top ceiling that a couple other guys in this draft have. And that's where we'll go to Jalen Green, who I want to go at number two to the Houston Rockets. So he uh, was G League Ignite, really good. He shot about 
37% from three. And he's the guy that has all the potential. Really athletic, a little raw, so they need to tighten some things up on his game, his handle, his feel for the game. So that's where Cade Cunningham is a lot better than Jalen Green. Cade Cunningham is a more packaged, competent basketball player across all different skill sets. Green is a little more wild, but on the other hand, he is more explosive. So he's got more of the high end, but you could also see him not really being able to break into a roster for his low end. Next person, uh, Cody Kispert. So Gonzaga guy, and I know I'm a little tainted. My opinion's a little tainted because he had some choice words for Tony Bennett. Not really choice words. He said Tony, I'm not sure what he said, but he said something along the lines of, telling him he wasn't going to be able to play at UVA, something like that. So Kispert's supposed to go in the top 15, but he was a guy, when I watched him play, seemed like a front runner when the Gonzaga was always up. When Gonzaga was up 30, it was always, you know, Kispert's having a really good game. But when it's a close game down the stretch, a game against Baylor, a defensive game, it never seemed like he was able to hit those threes or create his own shot. And a little bit of a streaky shooter, but I – I mean, defensively, it's just the classic white dude. Like, he can shoot well, but you don't really know defensively if he's strong enough to guard uh, bigger guys at his position or quick enough to guard some of those guards in the NBA. So, I don't love Kispert pick. It just, in, in some of the crunch times, it didn't seem like he was able to hit the shots um, in pressure situations. And when you're in Gonzaga and you're playing against these really bad teams, you're getting open shots. And so that three-point percentage is going to be inflated rather than if you're at an ACC team, SEC, Power 5, uh, getting more contests, more of your shots contested. Jalen Suggs, next guy, he's NBA-ready, strong, cerebral. He's a guy that you're going to plug him in and you're going to feel comfortable at your point guard position. It seems like he's a step below Mobley and Green and Cunningham, but Suggs, Good shooter, good passer. I think he's he's going to be a really solid point guard. And so I'd feel pretty safe for whatever team gets him. Scotty Barnes, I talked about him on Monday. The shooting is just not good. He shot like 26% from three. What he does have is great. He's a strong, he's a strong guy, especially just being 18, 19 years old. Good defender, really flexible defender, which means... If they have an overlap, if there's another good, you can play him with basically anybody, right? You don't have to adjust your lineup around him, right? So if you have another good player who's also a guard or two other players who are also good guards, you can still play him with Scotty Barnes because he can shift down and defend a three or a four. James Booknight, he's been rising lately, the guard out of UConn. 31% from three, though. So he's a guy that's a spark-off-the-bench type guy, come in and score you know, 15 points in 25 minutes type of guy. But I'm like, do you really want in your top 10? Is that really the projection you want for a top 10 pick, a guy that's going to come off the bench and score some points? Wouldn't you rather have a, a solid starter or six or seven man guy, not just a guy that can come in and score and not really play any defense? So I think he seems a little overhyped. I'd rather get somebody that has the potential to be a more effective player on both sides of the ball. Kaminga, so he reclassified ahead. So he should have just finished high school. Instead, he graduated high school in three years and then went straight to the G League Ignite team with Jalen Green, really athletic guy. He shot horribly 
in the G League. That's why a lot of people are off of him. Turnovers. Didn't feel like he had a great – didn't look like he had a great feel for the game. But guess what? He should have been a high school senior. And so I would definitely – I mean, he could fall a little bit, but I don't think – I think at some point if he's falling, you know – seven, eight, nine, ten. I just don't see him getting out of the top ten because of how athletic he is and the potential for him is really big. I mean he's six eight, good hops, and he's young. He's just even younger than these freshmen coming out of high school. So I would I think he's worth taking a flyer on. I think he's a little undervalued right now. Then we go to Tavion Mitchell. We saw a lot of him last year. The guard out of Baylor, really good defender. Uh he went uh, it's crazy offensive leap last year three-point percentage went from I think it was somewhere in the 30s to like 46 percent this past year and he also took a bunch of three-pointers so it wasn't uh, just a small sample size he's a really good shooter last year and good defender the knock on him is size and his age he's older than most of the other guys in the lottery and you're wondering what's was the shooting an aberration this past year he's on a really good Baylor team other good guards getting open looks um, but people really like his defense, and uh, I don't know. I would like, I would like a little more scoring power out of a guy that I'm going to take in the lottery. A guy that's got a better scoring upside, create, especially if he's undersized. And so I don't think the shooting necessarily does it for me. So I'm a little bit off on Mitchell. Then we go to Trey Murphy, who UVA listeners remember fondly. Really good three-point shooter. He was shooting around 50%. I think he finished around 48% from three, and then he shot like 92% from the free throw line, which is always a great sign um, projecting out the shooting. So the big knock for Trey Murphy, UVA fans know this, not a great dribbler, not a great scorer off the bounce, not good at creating his own shot, really good catch-and-shoot guy. But when it comes to driving in the lane and finishing at the rim, it doesn't, it doesn't look great. It's a little clunky, and you'd think he could improve on that a little bit. Uh, he's got good length defensively. He's not the biggest guy. Hopefully he'll get a little bit bigger, but uh, defensively he's got some upside because of how long he is and how athletic he is. And I think he's going – he's been you know rising, and I think he goes top 14 in the lottery, lottery's top 14. I think he's been climbing consistently, and when you look at a guy like him – He's just what people are looking for, length to guard, shooting. And if you just put him on a team where they've got guards that can create, you don't necessarily need a lot of him off the bounce. Okay, a couple more guys. Kai Jones, big guy, 6'10", out of Texas. He shot 40% from threes. He didn't take a ton, but he can shoot a little bit. He's the guy. He's my sleeper I would look out for. Kai Jones, um, if your team gets him. I would be pretty happy about that because I think he's got a lot of talent and he could be a really good player. Jalen Johnson's been following a little bit, the guy out of Duke. And I don't really know what to think about Jalen Johnson. He opted out, so we only saw a handful of games of his good size. He's the classic NBA kind of Jason Tatum-like size. Might just be making that comparison because they both went to Duke. But 6'7", 6'8", can shoot pretty well. The turnovers were bad. You didn't always feel like his head was completely in the game. Defensively, uh, he, had, he had a couple. He's one of those defensive guys that will have, you know, a big block or a big play on the defensive end. 
and we'll see that with James Harden. He'll have some uh, some good steals. But when you look at the full pot of defensive plays, it isn't that great. He'll have a highlight play, but on a normal possession, not the best defender staying in front of guys. Uh, the effort not always there. So we'll see Jalen Johnson. He's a wild card. I think he could, you know, be a R.J. Barrett, you know, 22 points a game guy, or just not even be able to make it in the NBA. So we'll see about that. Two more guys. Uh, Preston out of Ohio. UVA fans know him well. He took down the Hoos in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Really smart player, good passer, really good feel for the game. Those are his, you know, the, his main attributes. Just Jason Kidd like passing his mind. He's always a couple steps ahead of the defense, it seems like. His size isn't great. He's a skinny dude. He grew late. He hasn't really filled out into his body yet. So defensively, you can easily see him. I mean, you think of, you know, the last series we saw Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, guys that he would be guarding, just bodying him up and, you know, bagging him down, pushing him around, getting to their spots and getting good looks. So, um, but he is an interesting player because he's, he's a good playmaker offensively. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes and what team gets him. If he can kind of come in early second round, get on a team that, that he can run the second unit with, it'd be pretty cool to see. Last guy, former UVA player, Sam Hauser, fantastic three-point shooter, pretty decent size. Uh, he's borderline undrafted late second round pick from what I've seen. And he's another, I mean, his, his uh, best case scenario is another guy from UVA, Joe Harris, where unbelievable three-point shooter. You surround him with people that can create and kick and he, he becomes good enough on defense where it's just not a total mismatch. And he's another guy, um, just classic case of a really good shooter, but the lateral quickness and UVA fans, we saw this a bunch, especially late in the season. He couldn't stay in front of people, even guys that weren't smaller than him, even guys that were heavier and taller than him. He wasn't able to laterally stay in front of those guys. And so when you think Hauser is going to have to be guarding a two or a three defensively in the NBA, there's no shot that he can stay in front of them. And he doesn't have great size either where he could guard somebody bigger than that. So the defense, he's going to have to work on his lateral quickness to be able to stay on the court. But if you've got a guy that can shoot 45% from three, teams will be teams will look past the defensive inefficiencies, defensive mistakes, and lack of athleticism. They will look past that if you can hit some threes, spread out the court, and really help out them offensively. Okay, so that's about all I want to do on the draft. I didn't want to talk about a bunch of stuff I didn't know anything about, so I kind of kept it to the guys that I've seen play. So go Rockets. Hopefully they get Jalen Green. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget Outer Banks coming up July 30th. Tune in for that because I think the the podcast, I think the show is going to be really good. I think the podcast is going to be really good because I love the show and we're, we're going to put a lot into it. Hopefully make it good. Thanks again for listening. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. I'll be back Friday breaking down the NBA draft and any other sports news that is going on. See ya.